BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Pat Corain. You know, really, we know the people needed like a, a hardcore history length episode on, on Ronald Jones, <laughs> longtime meme of, uh, of ship chasing and of this show signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. We got a little bit of media availability with Andy Reid this week because all the coaches are out in L.A., Dude, I don't even know what that event is, that they're all out there. Matt Rule looked horrible in that picture. But point being, Ronald Jones is a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a real uh, coming together of our brands, Davis. It, it really is. Yeah, Chief in every thing. draft and Ronald Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I just wish it had happened while we were doing a podcast together. I think that's the only regret I have. Uh, that's the only excited. way it could have possibly been better. Yeah. And it was, it was weird though. Cause it was broke like three days before Schefter and rap sheet tweeted mm-hmm. it like, like Arrowhead pride, I think is the name of the blog that broke it, which uh, I, you know, if you, you could, if you could have moved quickly in some of your dynasty leagues, I think some people probably would not have realized that it happened. Yeah. I mean uh, this won't surprise you to learn that I was uh, refreshing our app, the, uh, the, the embassy sports edge app uh, repeatedly, not on shift in, in this stretch. And I'd, I'd seen, I, you had tweeted out that they uh, they were signing Rojo, but ink had not been put to paper, so Schefter could not tweet it yet. Could so not I tweet it yet. Refreshing to make sure that it was it was uh, actually coming to fruition. So if I had doubt, you know, there were probably some some non diamond handed uh, Rojo owners out there that you could have got uh, scooped them off of in Dynasty. Well, funnily enough, the first trade offer who, who would who would be the funniest person that we know to have Ronald Jones in a league and to still say no to my trade offer, who would be the funniest person? Cause this Silva. was who, yep. That was the first. And he has Ronald Jones. <laughs> he has Ronald Jones in this league that we are in together. I have extra picks. Like there's a way for us to get it done. And he was just like, no, we're not doing this. Like I'm not, I'm not doing this with you right now. Which <laughs> So, so the, my, my first attempt, my first attempt to get him uh, did not go well. Gretch, was another well, hang one. on i mean i feel like silva's a bit exposed here like you know the fact that he had ronald jones through the 2021 season i mean that's that's well, not very on brand for Silva. his his team and to be fair to him his team in this league he was he was looking to get the number one overall pick like he had just like a a, a series of a series of injuries and well, stuff rojo so helped him out in that regard Ro- rojo rojo did rojo did help him out in uh in that regard he he had he had his back on uh on that one so <laughs> So, you know, and, and I, I, I sent him a super shitty offer because it was before it was official. It was, it was after that Arrowhead Pride tweet, but before the Schefter mm. tweet. So it wasn't, it, I, I sent out like a super shitty offer and Evan was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing this with you. And then Gretch was like, no way, not a chance. I offered him, I offered him, I think a third and Jalen Rager, you know, hoping to, hoping to tug at those yeah, heartstrings yeah, a little bit. It. It's not going to do it, but I mean, it might do it in some leagues where these guys are so over Ronald Jones, where they're like, some right. people have Ronald Jones and they're like, there's nothing this guy could ever do to get back. And like, like if someone offered you a third for the, you know, wide receiver for in Keel Harry, which is basically yeah. what Ronald Jones is, you just smash accept. Yeah. Although I think that just because like he's a running back, there's right. that it's different. like, yeah, it's a bit different because like just a couple things have to like CH has to sprain his ankle and now he's like going to make a meaningful difference. Whereas like, there's no contingent value with Nikhil Harry. Jacoby Myers can sprain his ankle, you know, every other day and Nikhil Harry's not going to do anything. 
Yeah. Uh, same for same for Jalen Rager. Kind of kind of looking through some of my dynasty rosters, I've just been taking taking scope of where I'm at, and uh, Rager is a guy who I have just no belief in at all. Like I think it's just done for Jalen Rager. I think it's over. Yeah. Like the the start to the career that he's had um, is just so so brutal. I, I don't. I mean, we have seen some guys like pull out of a tailspin. But I, I really do feel have like we have we seen anyone pull out of a tailspin like this also on the team that he's on. So like, that's the other thing, you know, if Rager was on the Cowboys or or uh, the Buccaneers or something, then maybe you could talk yourself into it. But like a, 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 a re breakout for Jalen Rager might be 45 receptions this season. I, I think Nelson Aguilar is sort of a guy who yeah, that, pulled that's, himself out of a, a tailspin a bit. That is best case scenario. For yeah. Jalen, if Jalen Rager is able to have the rest of Nelson Aguilar's career, it will be a huge win for Jalen Rager. Right. Which is not, I mean, at this point, like it's just not doing anything for you in fantasy, but I mean, he had a pretty rough rookie season, but like still one that leaves you with a little bit of hope. He had 1.3 yards per out run. He, at least year, on, he was at least was on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, he, he was actually on the field last year a lot. Uh, but he had 0.62 yards per outrun, which is just Not absolutely good. brutal. Yeah, it's so yeah that's like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside level, just irrelevance. I think if you have that as a, as a sophomore, uh, I mean, we can move on. The Eagles, I think, are moving on. We, we can move on as well. Maybe he'll have a Zay Jones reemergence in three years. Three years, 30 million for Jalen Rager. You uh, you heard it here first. So what, what did you make? <laughs> we, we have not done um, – I think we had we were we had done one after the Tyreek trade, but not before they signed MVS. So what do you what do you make of what do you make of MVS on the Chiefs roster? Yeah, there was kind of like I don't know. I just felt like the kind of the narrative around it was like a little silly. Where it's like obviously he's not going to be Tyreek Hill, but also that doesn't necessarily make it a bad signing because you need like there is no. I think in the entire league, maybe maybe Jalen Waddle will become kind of a, a literal one for one type of replacement for Tyreek Kill. But outside of him, there's really like no one in the entire league that you could even say it could like directly replace what Tyreek Hill is doing for a team. Um, and, and Waddle, we're just projecting it. He hasn't really shown it. So it's like uh well, Waddle very, was wide receiver twelve. No, I just mean from like a from like what he's doing for an NFL offense. Oh like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The speed, the ability to be like a a speed wide receiver, a true deep threat, and the team's number one. Uh, and you can use him on shallow uh, type of design stuff if you want. Like there, there just isn't a player like Tyra Kill really. So there's no way to replace him with one player. So Voldis Scantling at least gives you some of what he's doing deep, and then you got to figure it out. Um, with adding some other guys. So I think it'd be great if they added a, another veteran wide receiver. I also think this is a very good wide receiver class and it's a very I, good I, wide I, receiver class at the end of the first round. So you got to take someone there. I, I think that, uh, I, I think that that's not happening. I, I don't think they're like, there was that report that they're adding mm. a big time wide receiver in they're They're trying to target one in the trade. I I'm just going to go on the record and say, I don't think that happens because you immediately run into why did you trade three picks for, DK Metcalf, if you could have just paid Tyreek Hill, or why did you trade for Brandon Cooks, who's making $16.5 million this year when you could have just paid Tyreek $24 million or whatever? Like, because Cooks, I think, is the name that makes the most sense in terms of like he's playing for a shitty team. No reason for him to be there. He 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 does fit, you know, like he he fits kind of what the Chiefs are trying to replace, like a guy who can run some intermediate right. stuff and some deep stuff with some speed. But Cooks is gonna is twenty nine. So I like it, like if they if Cooks is the guy that they tra- like if they trade the twenty nine pick the number twenty nine pick for him, I'd be like that's fucking stupid. Like that that was a that was a a negative move in which you gave up like the cost controlled labor that you were trying well, to figure out anyway. But what do you have to? I mean, you're not gonna give up for Cooks. What are you giving up? Like he's got one year left on his deal. The Texans are tanking. Like, I feel like hasn't, you should be able to give up like a fourth hasn't, or a fifth for Cooks. I mean, I feel like Cooks has been traded for a first round pick like three times already in his career. Like, I, I, I mean, maybe the compensation would be less. You know, maybe they do it for like a, I mean, if, if they could add him and his $16 million for a fourth round pick, 
um i'd be more into it but it, again it, it does still feel he's 29 does... in september and it's his last year with houston i mean if you're houston like you take a fourth all day oh for sure yeah it, it makes sense it and and it makes sense for them but i don't know it's like that just feels like going back to like when Jeremy Macklin was the chief's best wide receiver. Like yeah. it just feels, it's just a little depressing. Like that's I, what it I, is. Yeah. I, I think their I think their plan right now of running the ball a little bit more and go on Smith Schuster, Smith Schuster is the slot wide receiver. MBS is the clear out guy. And you just give Travis Kelsey 160 targets. The last time he's probably ever going to be able to do it. And whatever you get from Hardman is a plus. They got to draft someone. They can't. Oh, can't the hundred percent, hundred percent. They draft someone, but I, you know, I mean, we think they're probably in the market for one of the guys who's injured, though, right? We think they're probably right, in the market right. for, for Jamison Williams, for George Pickens, um, Mechie, even maybe later in the with the second round. I think they had what pick fifty, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yeah. maybe someone like that. That would be good. Yeah, I hope they don't do Dotson. I'm not a huge Dotson guy. Uh, but outside of that, I think pretty much anyone. Christian Watson also would be like hard for me to figure out what to do with. That was that from a was the perspective. People people were saying that, and people were saying Sky Moore right after right well, after. Well, Sky Moore, I I know exactly what I would do from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, I mean, he's already he's already number five in my wide receiver rank. I was gonna say how how high how high does he get if the, what if the Chiefs trade up for him? How high how high does Sky Moore get in your rankings? think he'd probably be wide receiver three three yeah 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 i mean we we can dream i i i wonder if jameson williams gets past the cowboys though at at 24 that would also be very fun he'd be kind of a perfect fit for them because you got like he'd he'd be their their z right and then cd lamb in the slot michael gallup at the x what are we, I mean, are we, are we at all bullish? Like, are, 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 are we trying to talk ourselves into uh, James Washington as a member of the, of the Dallas Cowboys? Like I, I kind of had like a little moment of being, of like checking my dynasty roster to see where I still had James Washington stashed. Uh, I guess, I mean, he seems like uh, he's somewhat capable. He was playing ahead of CD lamb in 2020 or not CD lamb, excuse me, Chase Claypool in 2020 for like way too long uh you know so kind of like the he seemed like you know the coaches trusted him um but he was he was pretty rough last year on a, on a limited sample actually not limited he had 356 routes last year yeah because because they had a bunch the juju got hurt claypool yeah got, claypool got hurt and benched and and they were kind of running him out there but again it's like how much do you want to hold that against him considering the situation that he was playing in you know what i mean 1.18 career yards per out run is, is pretty it's not great uninspiring yeah. yeah i don't know i mean he just seems like if we get to like if you're drafting him now i don't like drafting him now because there's basically anyone they add they're coming for his spot and there's lots of good guys yeah. in this draft that they can add and even the guys that i'm like a little lukewarm on like for example dotson i think dotson could easily be better than james washington i'm just not that sold on him as like becoming a fantasy star or fantasy starter regularly so uh there's there's like lots of guys who could take his job in this class yeah i mean do we have do we have any i i guess the the other big news right now is that dk metcalf is like so so john uh john schneider and Pete carroll said you know we intend to keep him here which is literally the exact same language they used before (laughs) they traded russell wilson so that that brought up some red flags the (laughs) And I, I wonder. And they're clearly I, freaking out about the wide receiver uh, contracts in this this free agency season. They're like, they're clearly panicking. Like they they don't want to pay DK Metcalf that kind of money. They don't think that anyone else should be paying wide receivers that kind of money. Yeah, they're like <laughs> they're like, no, we need to give three year, twenty four million dollar deals to um to to blocking tight ends. They, they, they yeah, that was. That yeah, was that was a quote I pulled is that uh, Will Disley is one of our core dudes per, per John Schneider. <laughs> he which... better be. Three years, $24 million from Will Disley is quite the contract. I mean, that is it's wild. That is worse than, than uh, the Hooper contract that, uh, that the Browns gave out when he signed it. 
Yeah, I mean, I've heard it argued it's worse than the Zay Jones contract. <laughs> the Zay Jones contract. Dude, Christian Kirk fucked up this whole offseason for everybody. Not for Christian Kirk. No, no. Kirk, Kirk got the absolute bag, but I mean, what he a sure did. what a disaster for wide receiver. Like that, that is going to pin so many of these teams into a corner with like Justin Jefferson going into his extension, CeeDee Lamb going into his extension. Like, I actually like it. I think it's, I think in a way it's good for the NFL because it, it sort of like steps up the, like it makes the level of difficulty higher, which is going to reward the teams that we generally like, cause we think they're smart. So like the chiefs, you know, they get rid of a wide receiver, but not because they didn't want to pay him it was like, he wanted a ton of money. And that was partly influenced by the Adams deal, which also kind of screwed things up and the Christian Kirk deal. But it's also based on the fact that they knew they could get this incredible compensation. And, you know, they've got this speed receiver who's aging. So, like, they're going to, I think, hopefully, continue drafting weapons and adding weapons for Patrick Mahomes. It's not like they don't see the value of wide receiver. So they're going to be okay. Then you have the other teams, like the Dolphins, you know, and some other teams around the league that are going to be still prioritizing getting wide receivers, uh, even if it means paying a lot to get them. And then you're going to have the third tier of teams like the Seahawks that are basically going to be like, this is, this is wrong. We're going to zig while you're zagging. And they're just, they're just going to not have any talent, but that's like kind of what we want from a fantasy perspective, right? Like it's so frustrating when you have these mediocre uh, like quarterbacked offense. I mean, I, I don't include Russell Wilson in this because I think he's, he's great, but you get, you end up in these situations where you have great wide receiver talent and it's not being used properly. Like Justin Jefferson on the Vikings last year would be an example where it's like the, the team doesn't want to be throwing the ball and they, they have this incredible wide receiver weapon. In the future, maybe that team is trading away that type of guy uh, and, and we're getting him paired with better quarterback play and a more pass-heavy uh, situation. Uh, another, this will, this will be very specifically interesting to you because you are the foremost Malik Willis stand at this point. Um, but the, <laughs> I didn't really see this happening, but here we are. Yeah. Which, which I like him, but I think, and we can argue about this in a second. I think you are, I think you're a smidge too bullish on him and we, we can get into that argument in a second, but I'm wondering if you are at all, uh, cowed by the lions who would be the, the obvious team to take him saying Jared Goff is our quarterback and maybe not. I mean, teams say anything at this time of year, so maybe it's not, but I, I guess the larger question would be if the lions don't take him at two and no team trades up for him, are you feeling uh, less bullish on, on your Malik Willis position? No. Uh, my Malik Willis position would shift if he falls into, like, the 20s. Yeah. Like, if he falls to, like, even if he fell to, like, if he fell past the Steelers at 20, I think then If the I Steelers would... don't take him, something is wrong. Yeah. That, like, would substantially shift my position on Malik Willis. Because like my whole thing with Malik Willis is that as fantasy, you know, playing the game of fantasy, we have this backstop of his, his value next year, because uh, as long as a team commits to him, we're going to be able to trade him and Superflex dynasty or whatever, very, very easily. But if that team doesn't commit to him, or if they partially commit to him, that's a whole, whole different story that's like going to make his trade market way less liquid. And you could even end up in like a Jalen Hurts situation where like Hurts was available last year entering the 2021 season you, you for like could, first you, round picks. No, I I I was acquiring Jalen Hurts last off season and you could get him for a second in some cases. Oh, wow. Okay. So exactly. I mean that's exactly the point is that like here you have a starting NFL quarterback who's got rushing ability you know, he, he's got a decent arm. He's not as consistent as we'd like, but you can actually get him in Superflex dynasty when, you know, quarterbacks are usually extremely difficult to get because I think rightly people are like, I don't know if the Eagles are committed to this guy. And I feel like that now, like if you have hurts, you probably want to be moving on because after this season, there's a real possibility that he's not the Eagles starter anymore. So like, being able to look ahead the following year and see, okay, the job security is not there. It really shifts how you should be evaluating these guys with Willis. If he goes to the Steelers at 20, 
he is going to be their starter in 2023. Like full stop. There's just no world in which he's not like, yeah. that's, that's what they're coming. They've got Mitch Trubisky as the bridge. Like it's going to be Willis in 2023. It's not and, a very, it's that, that's uh that bridge has the same security as, uh, as avalanche and Ronan, which is a joke that only like 10 people listening to this podcast are going to get, but the people who get it are really going to laugh. Well, it, it, in, in the Steelers case as well, like, they're also designing an offense, you know, kind of they, they keep talking about how they want a mobile guy. So they're going to design an offense that will fit him. And you just get the upside with Willis where, you know, if he's got job security, he's got a huge arm. He's got an awesome deep ball. He's got really strong rushing ability. You know, it's just like, are you ready he's for, like are the, you ready he's for the me 11th pick in a startup draft after, after that. So you ready for me to go full boomer on you? Do it. The film guys do not seem to be nearly as bullish on Malik Willis as even as they like, like, I think the obvious like um, profile comp is Trey Lance from last year, right? Like Mm -hmm. smaller school, very toolsy. Some of the scouts have, you know, worries about his accuracy or whatever, but the, the film watching guys, you know, your, uh, your, your Greg Cassell's uh, you know, I, I don't know all the names of these people and I don't, I don't, you know, the film stuff is far from gospel. And I think they miss like very base elements, which is like, it doesn't matter how shitty Jalen Hurts is as a passer because he's going to run for 70 yards a game. And that's really valuable in and of itself. But the concern I would have with Willis is like, what if he is just like really not ready or really subpar as a passer at the NFL level and, and teams feel that way? Like, I don't know. I just never got that kind of icky feeling about Trey Lance. Like I'm at no point watching Trey Lance as like watching his college stuff, watching him play for the 49. Like I just never felt that sort of feeling. And I just, I just kind of get that. I probably get the feeling about Malik Willis that a lot of people get about Jalen Hurts, which is like, this is so close to falling off the, the, the rails at any moment. And, and then, you know, he, he goes on the Marcus Mariota career path. Like, and not to say that I the- wouldn't have Willis as my number one quarterback in this class. Cause I do, but I think, Whoever it is that you consider, I, I think Traylon Burks is the number one wide receiver. Some people have Wilson, whatever. I think probably I would be more comfortable with Willis as the 102 than the 101 is really all I'm saying. Yeah, I get that. And then you also have like, uh, I have the 101 in the FFPC league, which, um, you know, you cut down to 16 players in the off season. And uh, it's a very kind of running back heavy league. It's like a, a kind of what have you done for me lately type of dynasty format where like even though it's super flex i have trey lance in that league i have uh kyler murray i have ryan Tanhill. so i'm like i might take Brees hall you know I, i'm gonna shop around ryan Tanhill. but like in that situation maybe i wouldn't take willis although part of me wants to trade Tanhill for running back and take wills but um yeah so i'm not like saying like he absolutely has to be the one-on-one in all situations but i do think like compared to marcus mariota like mariota was pretty accurate yeah. And he, he didn't throw, he didn't challenge deep a lot. And he's been conservative at the NFL level. Like if Marcus Mariota took more sacks was worse as an intermediate passer and ran more, we'd love him, you know, like maybe yeah. we wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't work out in year three or year four, maybe, you know, maybe in year three, it'd be like, ah, oh, this is kind of his last chance, but I don't care about year three. I care about what's going to happen in year two. Like, is he going to have a job? 100% in year two. And then if he does, I get to take a look at him in year one. Like, you know, we talked to, about Zach Wilson a lot. Like I'm going to be shopping Zach Wilson. Like I don't, I didn't like what I saw. I took a lot of Zach Wilson last year, kind of along this same line, although certainly a, a less, less upside with Wilson, but he also costs less. Yeah. Willis much more of a rusher, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, you weren't skipping on Kyle Pitts and Jamar chase to, to take him, which is right. man. Man, do these Trevor Lawrence bags feel real heavy this offseason. And that's the thing, like, you know, with the film stuff and and just kind of all of this stuff, like no matter how you're doing the, the prospect analysis on quarterback, we're not very good at it. We're not very we're, good at it. Yeah. We're just not. So, like, I think trusting the the commitment by an NFL team and the draft position is really the thing. Like, if he goes number two to the Lions, I'm in. I'm in like this guy goes, went number two in the draft and he's got the exact type of profile we're looking for from a fantasy perspective. The lions are going to fire everyone 
in terms of the coaches before they ever get give up on Willis. You know, yeah. like he's gonna yeah, yeah. he's gonna get like a multi year opportunity. Now, if Jimmy G starts this season for the 49ers, how much do like do you do you waver in this at all? Because because really the Malik Willis argument, as I was saying, it's the same as the Trey Lance, which is he did jack shit and his value is the same as it was at this point. Like there's been no real change because everyone doesn't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo the same way they don't believe in Jared Goff. Well, yeah, I mean, Trey Lance's value right now is still very, very high. Yeah. So it is like very unique situation with Trey Lance though, I think. Yeah. It's a very unique situation, but it would be very similar to the Lions taking Willis at two, because he has that. That's the thing about, you know, the, like if the Lions were to trade up for Willis and take him at 32, like they get back in to get the fifth year option. That's a different story. Cause now you're like, well, they're kind of taking a chance. Maybe he's kind of Lamar Jackson, maybe, you know, he kind of pushes their hand, but he has to be good at that point in a way where it's like, he almost doesn't have to be good to get, you know, yeah. a multi-year look if they take him number two. So I think that makes uh, a pretty big difference, but you know, the Trey Lance thing, like, I I think that, um, you know, for what it's worth, I think he will be the starter this year. I think if they're keeping Garoppolo, it seems like they want him to take a pay cut. Uh, I'm not sure Garoppolo is going to be interested sure in doing that. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine he'd prefer, like, if it's clear he's not going to be the starter or they, they much prefer Lance as the starter, then you'd rather them. Not that many, pl- not that many places left for him to go. The music. The well, you music. could go to Carolina. Like yeah. if you're a free agent, I bet they'd bring in Garoppolo. They're not going to trade for him, but uh, they'd be crazy if they didn't bring him in as a free agent. Seattle, I think would also have to bring him in as a free agent. Man, uh, there's, there is some. Um... There is some tricky, like without without the the Jenga blocks, you know, revealing themselves or whatever. There are going to be some really bad offenses this season. Like it, it, it feels like the player pool is shrinking because, um, you know, the the Jaguars, you know, we'll see. But that's a mess there. The Texans are going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. The Panthers are are just as bad as of right now as they were last year. The Seahawks are way worse. And uh, you know the biggest disappointment of this offseason for me has been the bears doing nothing they're doing nothing and i wonder i don't even want to put this out there so i'm glad this is like uh 20 minutes into this uh i wonder if they're just writing the fields thing off i wonder i wonder starting to feel like that i wonder if they got him in the building and the g you know they get the new gm they get the coach and they're like you know what we can't we can't get the first round pick back but we can we can avoid you know signing a bunch of big contracts and and moving things around and just be like well it's just not going to work out for Justin Fields. This is like, you know, and I've been arguing I, I argued for Lance over Fields uh last year and you know my whole argument about the organizational commitment like Fields never quite got the organizational commitment and the fact that like you know you're going to have the coach probably turn over uh was spun you know, often is a good thing because it's like, well, Hey, they're going to get in someone really great. It's like, well, they, they got in a DC, you know, teams do this all the time. They bring in a DC with a young quarterback. um, Yeah. But, but which might be fine. It might work out, but but the guy they hired as the offensive coach made Davis Mills look better than Trevor Lawrence and was a big part of Herbert's rookie year though. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I, I, the other thing is I was looking at like some of these quarterback prospects and going back a few years and I, I think I was just too low on fields. Like the more I look at fields and what he did in college, like he, he was, was a freaking baller, dude. He was so good that, yeah, that, that I do really, really hope that the, that the bears are not writing him off. I think that would be a big mistake. I, I think that the type of prospect that fields was, you know, he deserves more than it seems like they're going to give him. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a concern. And I guess like, you know, part of the reason why uh, I'm just kind of so laser focused on, on the, the organizational commitment and the draft position with these quarterbacks. The bears, I mean, the bears love to make mistakes, but they they've done, they let Allen Robinson go and they replace him with Byron Pringle and that's it. That's all they've it's done. It's really, it's really, I mean, and they it don't just have kind a of feels like mismanagement. That, yeah. Yeah. Like you can't do that to a young quarterback. Like it's really, I mean, just to evaluate him and it's not like, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they're going to get Jarvis Landry, although doesn't Jarvis Landry want some like absurd level of money or he fired, like, still a he, few fired guys. His, he fired his agent because he wanted 20 million. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> crazier things have happened. Uh, Christian Kirk got but, 21 million. So <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Jamison Crowder, who's now the Bills Bill. slot receiver, yeah. which is it just, you know, I guess we're drafting him, but like that's a professional wide receiver they could have added that would have helped, you know, just, just like guys like that. Like they don't have anybody really. I mean, Darnell Mooney's like a, a starting wide receiver. And then it's, 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 it. it's, it's Cole Komet is Travis Kelsey season. Yeah. That's not good. No, Komet I'd be buying. I mean, anything. he was, he was horrible last year, but I'd be buying the shit out of Cole Komet right now. If I didn't have him on all these teams already, I'm already like Cole Komet might even be like close to my most owned player. Like Cole Komet and Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a really good 2021. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Komet is nothing, but like he would do well to kind of, I don't he, like if he's like tight end nine, that's going to be a win. Oh, yeah. Huge win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to talk about your, about your rookie wide receiver rankings, but before the draft, you, I, I, the only thing I, I truly disagree with is, uh, Drake London over Alave and Jameson Williams. I, I can't, I can't, I can't co-sign this. Interesting. Oh, Drake London is like so divisive. Uh, Hayden Winks has him number one. I believe that's right. Uh, I was on their podcast and I believe he has him number one. Um, and I kind of get the case for number one. I mean, he's he's a pretty exciting I, I, I get prospect, the, but I get all of it. Like every art, every positive thing you could say about Drake London is like I get it. I I don't even think it's wrong. I just think in general, the NFL is moving so far away from like uh, I I want to say Hayden tweeted this the other day, but maybe it wasn't of how uh ypa and air yard like specifically intended air yards has gone down every year in the nfl for the last five years it's just like that's so much harder for that guy to be jamar chase you know for for that guy to be uh, a huge stud like you've got to be able to create so much in like the short and intermediate spaces which like that's what chase did you know you think of chase is this big guy or whatever winning all these contest catches but all of his touchdowns were like long catch and runs where he's like making dudes miss and I mean, maybe London can do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll just end up. Maybe I'll just end up eating this huge L, drafting these loser Ohio State wide receivers over Drake London. Well, I, mean, I, I have Garrett Wilson over Drake London. Yeah, I yeah. don't think I don't think he's a loser at all. Uh, but I do. I guess like with London, he he did produce in the short area. You know, he did yeah. produce uh, on a lot of screens. Um, on a lot of short targets, his ADOT, uh, career ADOT nine point, uh, well, basically 10, 10.0 and, uh, Traylon Burks, sorry, that was his, uh, 9.7 was his ADOT, excuse me. Uh, Traylon Burks, 11.7. So, you know, Burks used a little bit more downfield and has some of the same red flags is like, does the design stuff translate? I, I actually, I think they're kind of similar. It's like, uh, you know, maybe not stylistically exactly, but like in terms of the bet, it's like, can this guy operate deep? Um, and is what he did on underneath design stuff actually going to translate? Um, I have a little bit more confidence in Burks because of how productive he was. Uh, and he was, he was quite and level well. and level of competition. I mean, that is that I think probably at the end of the right. day, that's like the sticking point for me is just the difference between playing in the sec and the PAC 12. But all that being said, you know, if Drake London is a top 15 pick or whatever, or goes to the bills or goes to the Cowboys, or I mean, honestly, even if he goes to the Packers, like, I, I just, am going to be like, you know what, whatever, like it just, it, the, it, you so rarely do you get the chance to draft a potential wide receiver one for these amazing offense. Like it just doesn't happen very often, like where, where things coalesce right. like that. But I would have Jamison Williams over Drake London if he hadn't torn his ACL. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I, I kind of get the sense that teams are going to draft Jamison Williams. Like he's not even hurt is, is kind of, is kind of the thought that I get. Like, I think he's got a, 
And, and, and it'll be interesting because Jamison Williams and Drake London are kind of both in that area of the draft where the Packers, the Cowboys and the chiefs all have picks. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's such mm-hmm. a Yahtzee. It's also sort of interesting with this draft class that, you know, it, it, it comes after these two superstar draft classes with these amazing pass catchers. And we're not that excited, relatively speaking, but all the best quarterbacks are about to get a new wide receiver. We think, which is, is sort of interesting from a value perspective. Yeah. And I think, this draft class is probably a little stronger outside of like, if you just skim off the first guy, whoever that is, like you put, put whoever you like best and then remove him and remove Jamar chase and look at the rest of the draft class. I think this draft class is a bit stronger. And, 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 you know, we're just that there's all not only that, but there's also the confluence of so many more teams need a third wide receiver now. I mean, you just can't win without a good third wide receiver. Right. So, so every team is viewing wide receiver as a need. Like what, what, what team doesn't need a wide receiver in the NFL? I, I, the, the Bengals, that's it. The Bengals are the only team that don't need a wide receiver. Really? Like that, that's it. It's true. Maybe the Rams, think- maybe the Rams, I guess. No, they need one. They need one. They're going to be starting Van Jefferson. Ben Gretsch is somewhere pumping his fist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're right. I mean, every team needs a wide receiver. Like it's so, so any team taking a wide receiver in the top 64 picks is not going to be surprised. We could just see a bunch go in, in the top 64 picks. Like what's the most wide receivers to ever go in the first round? Like with, with all these teams picking twice back there, I wonder if, I wonder if we could just see like a crazy number go. Like if the Packers decide they want two guys that stretches the market so thin. Yeah. Well, how many went in 2020? I know there was uh, like six, I think went in 2020. Six. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bunch. I I don't know that we'll get there, uh, but you're going to see a bunch in, in round two as well. Yeah. Um, I, one thing about this class that I guess creates a little bit of like a range of outcomes for it is that a number of the guys are, I think, fairly specific types of players uh, that like you could really see thrive in the right situation and, and not thrive in, in the wrong situation. Wandale. Uh, Wandale for sure. David Bell. Uh, David Bell, like very, I think he's, I'm kind of getting back in on David Bell because he he strikes me as like maybe he's just Jarvis Landry or you know kind of a a lesser Keenan Allen or something where you know he can be kind of a bigger underneath wide receiver. It's like lesser, yeah, he had a four, lesser, four seven lesser, one forty, but lesser Keenan Allen would be would be a big win for David Bell. I mean, I think he's as long as he gets a you know a selection in the third round. A second one would be great, but I think I think he's out on that after his workouts. Um, as long as he gets that, I, I'm going to be pretty in. If he if he falls to the fourth, it's going to be a completely different story. Yeah, um, I mean, but, yeah, if he, if he falls to the fourth, he's he's like not draftable. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, oh, John Dotson, I think is like such a specific type of guy. Where like the more I've been looking at him, he seems like. At first, you're like, oh, he's a deep threat, but it's like, well, he didn't actually produce a ton on deep on uh, right. deep targets. It's like he's actually, and his A dot kept falling throughout his career. Like he he emerged uh, as a sophomore, and he had like a 14.9 A dot, and then and he didn't do a ton, and then he had a really good junior year, and his A dot fell into the 12s, and then it was like 11.7 in his senior year, and so he's getting more productive as he's getting you know use less and less as like a true deep threat i kind of think he might be like eddie royal or something or like you know kind of how darnell mooney's progressing is like away from a deep threat and more towards like an undersized possession guy which that actually could be like pretty good if he like let's say he goes to the packers and ends up being like an undersized possession receiver like that would be pretty nice but he could also end up being an undersized possession receiver on you know just some terrible team like it could be that on the texans or something and that's not that's not so fun so uh i don't know i think there's lots of guys like george pickens just like a classic outside deep threat you know there's like lots of guys that they have they have like a thing they do and you hope that the team's drafting them like actually know that use them in that way and then you know they get the most out of them but there's lots of guys too where you're like if this guy goes to the wrong situation he could, he could just get misused and turn into nothing so what are you, what, who are you, 
who are you hoping takes Sky Moore? What is your what is your what is your absolute bull case for Sky Moore? Uh, I mean the Chief, the Chiefs are the the dream landing spot, right? I think outside of them, the Bills would be. I'd rather him go to the Bills and deal with the crowded depth chart stuff than the Packers and deal with like you know Rogers potentially tailing off slash like Rogers taking three years to mesh with every receiver he's ever worked with. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like you get I mean, Rogers whole like mind meld connection. Devontae Adams was left for dead in dynasty. And then, and then he like becomes the best wide receiver in the league. Like, I don't, I don't feel like signing up for that with my uh, favorite prospect in the, in the draft. Like he's not my wide receiver one, but I think I'm rooting for sky more than anybody at this point. Yeah. I think you're, I think you are probably right. Yeah. I mean like that, that would work out, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I do think green Bay might be a great landing spot for London because Rodgers mm. has succeeded with those type of guys a lot. And he is come if, well, if he likes Drake London, right. If, if him and if, if Drake London says the right things at practice right. and brings him, brings him the right uh, like lunch order, then, then it'll work out. But if, you know, if Drake London says like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't like to eat mud or something or clay clay is the thing that Aaron Rodgers and his, I guess not, not wife anymore. Former, former wife used to eat for its health benefits. Like Rogers just, Rogers just runs these guys out of town, which uh, feels, feels not great, but I, I do like I that stylistic fit. Olave. I also think would be pretty good there. Like Olave's a, you know, everyone says he's like a pro super professional uh, scouts. Love him. He's pro ready. Like he's going to, he's going to hit the ground running. Uh, I think he could he could get up to speed pretty quickly with Rodgers. Yeah, I think you I think um I think that could work. And then I mean, uh we we got a little bit of uh of Jamison Williams at Alabama's pro day. Like he's not doing any drills or anything, but he's already up. I saw the high knees. At, yeah, up and moving. I mean, that's so crazy. Like that's just so nuts. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Um I I just him and him and Pickens, man. I just I I just want to press fast forward and get to the draft and know where they go um yeah we, williams mean, it doesn't matter so much right like if, if he goes to the chiefs or something it's obviously just wheels up but we right but he he'll be good i think pretty much wherever yeah i mean i could i could see uh i could see pickens like falling like i could see pickens really falling yeah. or going super high like like they're just it just feels like such a wide range of outcomes and are there are there any teams that just draft a bunch of georgia guys is that a thing? Like the Cowboys always draft mm. Arkansas players. I wonder if there's, uh, I wonder if there's uh, uh, an outlet for that. Cause I have one league that I do the league where I tried to trade, get Ronald Jones from Silva is uh, we do, we do the draft before the NFL draft. And I'm thinking like, I might be get a good, really good cost on Pickens there. And probably some of the running backs too. Like probably like your Rashad whites and stuff should be quite cheap. Yeah. I like that. I like, I like white a lot. Uh, yeah, Pickens, I've been struggling with a little bit. Um, I've got my, my second part of the wide receiver rankings coming out, uh, hoping to get that out later this afternoon. And I keep like, like him and Olave, I think is such a tough one because with Olave, you know what you're getting. It's just that he's probably not going to be like, I comp him to like kind of the peak Emmanuel Sanders is, is kind of like his upside which isn't bad. Like that's pretty decent upside. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good career. But you're not like, Oh man, like this guy could just be unstoppable where it's like Pickens, you know, he, he's probably faster than his 40 time, given that he's still a less than a year removed from an ACL tear, Yeah, but he had a 4.4740. So like he's, it's pretty impressive athleticism, uh, you know, given the context he's uh He's 6'3". He's a little over 6'3". He's 195. You know, this guy could be, like, pretty exciting downfield weapon. He's, like, a pure downfield weapon. Um, but at the same time, his raw stats were, like, really, really bad. Uh, they just never did anything. And, like, uh, I, I know that we use, you know, market share for that reason. That, you know, No, but, like, there is a little something to just, like, freaking getting 1,000 yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had like 500 something yards in one of his seasons. And it's like, oh, pretty good yardage share. It's like, well, a percentage of what? Like at some point it matters, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So that's a concern for me. He also, like, if you look at dominated rating and stuff, it's really propped up by his touchdowns, and he didn't have a ton of touchdowns. So, again, it's like, you know, now we're looking just like sheer variance. Like, okay, like one or two touchdowns is going to swing your, your percentage by a huge amount. Um, so he just, like, makes me really nervous. But it's also it's also way easier to get excited about him. So I keep, I keep like, trying to figure out what I should do with, between him and Olave. Yeah. And then uh, where, do you, where do we want Brees Hall to go? Like, like in a perfect world where, like what, what, what is the team that we are all hoping takes Brees Hall or trades up for him in the second round or whatever? Cause I, I mean, I think, you know, I think we all agree he is the number one running back in the class, but it's, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, you know, now that Fournette re-signed with the Buccaneers uh, I mean, maybe, maybe the bills taking him, maybe the Eagles, right. The Eagles have all those first round picks, maybe the Eagles taking him and just being like, you know, thanks for your services, Miles Sanders, your, you know, whatever. Maybe the Eagles. Maybe I just talked myself into the Eagles. I think the Eagles would be pretty good. I also think uh, – I think the Falcons would be interesting. Uh, obviously not like the best the offensive situation in the world. They just, but... they just, they just re-signed – they just gave CPAT the bag, dude. Yeah, but what is he, 30? 30, yeah, 30. He's my, yeah. he's my age. Yeah. So you're looking at like, you know – Maybe he doesn't have the the like year one workload that you're like, you know, you're not getting the Najee situation, but we do have an Arthur Smith, a an OC that's like more than willing to use a workhorse running back. So I guess that's not ideal because maybe he doesn't use him enough as a pass catcher. And part of the appeal of of Brees Hall is that he does have, uh, you know, he can be basically like David Montgomery or or, uh, Josh Jacobs, but fast. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, like that, that is a hard one. Like, yeah. Like, Oh, I, I, you know, I have all these teams that need running backs cause I've spent time tanking and accumulating wide wide receivers and quarterbacks. Right. But then doesn't it, you're always on the clock and you're like, man, do I really want to take like, like if you took Najee Harris last year, what he finished running back four, and you're like, this fucking sucks, man. I took Najee Harris. Like, why do I have Najee Harris when I could have had Kyle Pitts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I have one. Um, let me just double check. Let me double check to make sure he's not super, super blocked. Uh, all right, I got one for you. Let's go. The Chargers. No, because then he's not getting – He's he turns into fancy Larry Roundtree. He's, he doesn't get the high-value touches. He doesn't get them this year. But Austin Eckler, he's got – he'll be – Austin Eckler will be entering the last year of his deal next year. So you're going to get – you know, it's like the Jonathan Taylor thing. It's like year one, sure. he's going to be a two down guy. Yeah. But hopefully they're, they're testing him out the year two, you know, maybe they're, they're kind of seeing what do we have here? And this guy's a pass catcher. Austin Eckler in 2024 is going to be 29. He's an unrestricted free agent. Hopefully Brees Hall at that point has shown that he's got three down ability. And then you get him basically being the one oh one uh, in 2024 drafts. Okay, so where do we then want Kenneth Walker to go? See, he would be like much worse case scenario that in the chart. Like that's that would scare me a lot more because yeah, we're not sure if he's actually ever going to get used as a pass catcher. Maybe right. he would be a better fit with the Falcons because they just ride him as a two down guy. Yeah, and, he just uh, he just turns we, he just turns into into um, what was the Quadre Ellison the guy the guy who, who we were drafting over Cordell Patterson last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Walker's um, pretty good though. I, I kind of like Walker. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, you got you got anything else? Yeah, let me ask you about uh the guy I think I'm struggling the most with with my rankings is John Mechie. Do you have any thoughts on Mechie? Like I, I just I'm like he he basically was used as a gadget player. He's coming off a torn ACL. He never really did anything in college, but he's probably gonna get drafted in the second round. He's an early declare wide receiver. He's a four-star prospect that went to Alabama. So like, I can't, you know, there's a kind of a limit on, and I'm also just thinking about like, you know, I probably would have had a lot of like negative things to say about Jamison Williams before, you know, if like, if he had just stayed at Ohio state, I've been like, Jamison yeah. Williams isn't very good. He never did anything. It's like, you know, like when a guy is as buried as Jamison Williams, Williams was and Mechie was, you know, Mechie maybe not so buried this past year, arguably, but you know, point is when these guys get super buried, it is hiding something. It might, it might actually be hiding that they 
are quite good when used. Um, so I'm just really struggling with him because I, I feel like he his resume basically is not a good resume, but uh, you know, there's reasons to think that might not tell the whole story. Feels like it's probably a good spot when it's like taking the tight end two or, or John Mechie, but like if he goes to a team that pushes him up to back end of the first round or, or the two Oh one or whatever, maybe you'd be feeling a little, but like, you know, if he gets into that two Oh eight, two Oh nine range, it feels like you just take mm-hmm. him and, and just kind of roll the dice with it because, because of the pedigree, right. Early declare Alabama, you know, eight touchdown, like, you know, it's just, it's just like, he, he just kind of has a resume of one of those guys um that seems like a guy you would want but you're like where are you at it on him compared to like you know christian watson and and dotson and i know. i might like him more than dotson i because just because of what too. just because of what you were saying like i just don't have a good feel of what dotson is like ham like so to compare him to his his college teammate like hamler you knew like what is this guy going to do with the NFL? Well, he's going to probably contribute on special teams and he's just super fast and he's going to get down the field. And it's like, I, I just don't really, I don't really have a sense of what Jahan Dotson is going to be in, in the NFL. Whereas like, I, I kind of get, there are lots of guys that are six feet tall and 195 pounds and are similar speed to John Mechie who have good NFL careers. Like it just right. feels pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then you get to like the, there's guys like, I like Jalen Tolbert. But it's like if Jalen Tolbert's a fourth round pick, I'm not ever going to think about him again. <laughs> but if he's a third round pick, I really like him. Uh, but I, I kind of feel like Mechie's got to be over over him at this point. Yeah, and then you know I I didn't even I didn't even um, think about this until today. But Trey McBride just ran a four five. What if he goes in the first round? Hmm, that would be pretty interesting because man, this tight end class has been kind of all over the place. The guy, it was it was like Trey McBride's the number one guy. Yeah. And then after the combine, it was like, I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. You know, or or not maybe not, but like maybe it's it, just it kind of doesn't matter because maybe it's class. just a yeah. yeah, it's a grab bag and they're all gonna go in the second or third round, and maybe none of them even go in the second. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if he gets taken in the first round, uh that definitely changes things. I don't know how high he would go like when if he goes in the first round like what wide receivers are you starting to think of him ahead i mean if he goes in the first round to a good quarterback just like just above a, above a baseline quarterback or whatever um i mean i i would take him i think you could take him like 108 or something like that i don't know i mean it's so hard because like because then we get in the conversation of like well do you can you even profit on this or whatever and it's like every time you start digging into like historical tight end comps you're just like, well, who the fuck knows? Like, just let it yeah. could be, it could be any, it could be Doran Dickerson, could be Travis, uh, could be Travis Kelsey, could be George Kittle, could be uh, Jason Morrow. And just like, cause the, the comp set is so small. Eric Ebron was the eighth overall pick, you know? Yeah. Tight end is just like such a wasteland. It just like hearing old tight end names will trigger you, like Kobe yeah. Fleener. Co- oh man got excited about i loved kobe flater <laughs> there's always a guy like anytime you think you're done exhaust i used austin severian jenkins for a while but yes! i think i might i might use kobe flaner as the new go-to do you do you remember do you remember kobe flaner signing with the saints and it was like like it was like like you you could have yes. like it was like it was like a moment like a, a moment in time where like you remembered where you were because kobe flaner was in new orleans <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. And we, we get super excited about all this stuff. And it's like, dude, basically three of these guys matter every year. And we're not even good at projecting which three ahead of time. I mean, George Kittle, Darren Waller, like Travis Akue, Kelsey, even. Akue Boonham is the only one that Akue matters. Akue Boonham's the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Did you see Denny's article? He said, uh, he said the Akui Boonham hipsters partied in a beat for three straight days <laughs> <laughs> after the, uh, the wide receiver tight end hybrid comment came out what's funny is i'm already seeing people like being way too low on him in their rankings like putting him at like tight end 13 or whatever and i'm just like do you guys have any fun do you live at all do you do anything there's no downside to having a kui boonam as like your tight end seven literally because it just literally no because like guess who your tight end seven like your tight end seven's gonna suck (laughs) like like a kui boonam could have 
800 yards and 13 touchdowns. Like he could have Julius Thomas's season. Like that's Ooh. a, that's a, a real, and it totally depends on like, is Russ healthy? Like, like what does Nathaniel Hackett do? Like there's so many variables, but like he could completely do it. And that's really, that's really the big thing is just that he could do it. And, and so many of these guys have no path to doing it. Yeah. And please know stats about like Russ Wilson's historical tight ends. Like the whole thing of tight end is that there's like not very many. And he was throwing to Will, Will Disley and Greg Olson. And uh, there was some Jacob guy Hollister. Jacob. Yeah. Like just these literal nothings. At these tight nothings. Ends. Yeah. There's like a handful of human beings who can block super well and be a NFL wide receiver. That that's the job. It's like super hard. So if you happen to, you know, and I mean, Okui Boonham doesn't have like the best pedigree, but so far he's been like super efficient as a receiver. Scored 14 touchdowns as a freshman in college. Uh, okay. That, that's pretty good pedigree, actually. Maybe he wasn't I think, drafted a high, right? Uh, I, I also might have made that up. It might have been like 11. I'm going to go look <laughs> it up now. Uh, he was drafted. <laughs> he was drafted in the fourth round, which for a tight end yeah. is not is not nothing. Uh, it's not ele- nothing. A- Eleven touchdowns as a freshman, but ninety-eight receptions, twenty-three touchdowns in college. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's lots of guys, you know, and they they kind of like these tight ends like bubble up, and if they if they're actually capable of doing the job for a fantasy purpose, uh, and they're with a good quarterback and an offense that we want a part of. Like, I don't know, like just shoot your shot. You know what I mean? You're not going to, there's no downside. There's no downside. Like all of these tight ends are basically going to be worthless. except like, except probably two of the three guys we're drafting highly. Cause one of them is going to be, uh, one's going to have the Zach Ertz fall off season that, you know, just rips your heart out. So, and now Zach Ertz, and now Zach Ertz, we love. We love and Zach, Zach Ertz is back. Yeah. yeah. He came back out the other side. <laughs> if you just held, if you just, if you just diamond handed Zach Ertz through the fall, <laughs> you were, you were uh, massively rewarded in the end. Yeah. He's Jason Witten in, uh, in an up-tempo offense now. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's end this. Ronald Jones, what cost are we paying for, for Ronald Jones? Where, where do we take him in redraft and what would you give up for Ronald Jones in, in a, a dynasty league right now? To be honest, part of the appeal of Ronald Jones and why I've just continually been uh, invested heavily in Ronald Jones is that he's almost always cheap. So I don't want to have to pay a lot for him in Dynasty, yeah. and, and I won't be because he's already on all the he's, teams. Let, let me tell you this. If you don't like the cost of Ronald Jones right now, you're going to like it a lot better after two weeks of him looking like crap in the Chiefs offense. Like, it, like I, I don't... I don't know if he is going to enter into uh, the water like a fish. Like, I, I don't know. Like, this feels like a tough spot because he is literally maybe the worst pass protector in football. He's not good at pa- as a pass protector, uh, which could be a problem in a Patrick Mahomes offense. I don't know. I wonder I wonder if this is actually the secret bull case for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, is get a, sign a backup who the coach is going to hate after a month, and then that massively increases Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's like, sh- snap share because the coach just hates his backup so much, and Daryl and McKinnon are not on the roster right now. Yeah, it probably is a little good for CH just because like there are some running backs lurking who are pass um, catchers who are pass catchers. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably not the worst thing. It, I took Ronald Jones today in the 13th round of uh, one of these super flex best ball drafts. That felt, that felt pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. Thir- 13th. Thir- I mean, Daryl Williams more than paid off a 13th round costs last year. Yeah. I, I so guess, I, I-, I guess the difference is, is like, I don't know. And, and maybe, maybe, maybe third year breakout for, for Clyde Edwards Hilaire where they do actually start throwing in the ball a bunch just because they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Kind of depressing, but it's tough for CH cause he hasn't been good as a pass catcher, you know? So maybe he, he had, he had one good game as a pass catcher this last year, but yeah, by and large, he's really not been good. Yeah. And I guess like the, the bull case for Rojo is that it's like the second half of games where they're leading and they just want to salt it away. And I actually do think he's like pretty good as a down. Pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've got like, if they're basically using Rojo to counter, and this is a, I just got to start hammering this narrative of like the NFL 
through the two high safety looks at the Chiefs, yep. they had to counter. They had to find a counter. They and found they it. found the counter. Ram them with Rojo, right? Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones. It's sec. It's second and six. Ronald Jones. He's getting you five yards. He's he's getting. He's keeping you on schedule. That's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, I do think there's something to that. Like if you have like your safeties deep and you're actually willing to play Ronald Jones instead of uh, keeping him on the bench like Arians did, I think he's pretty solid as like a you know, a downhill runner. So yeah. Yeah. I, in dynasty though, like I wouldn't give up more than a third round pick. Like, you know, maybe if you've got like very late second round pick um, sure, but he's on a one year deal, you know? So like you need to be in kind of a, you need to have a late second round pick because you need to be a competitive team. Um, and it's probably more like a, a third round pick thing where you're like, you know, you have an expiring asset. This guy's on a one year deal and, and I could use something for this year to help me out. Yeah. All right. Uh, what can people look forward to at uh, at NBC Sports Edge this week? I'm rolling out the rest of the wide receiver ranks. So uh, tweaking them this afternoon, uh, polishing them up, and then getting out part two. Uh, and then I'll have part three out later this week. Uh, I, I consider doing a part four, but I think that might be a little bit – maybe we don't need to go 20 deep pre-draft. So – uh, probably just three parts on the wide receivers. And then I'm going to have uh, quarterbacks out next week. I'm going to have running backs out the week after that, uh, tight ends out the week after that. And then we're, then we're at the draft. Yeah. Um, bang, everyone. Read Pat's stuff on NBC Sports Edge. Listen to a good football show. And uh, I'll be back uh, next week. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.